Hello, everybody. Diana here, life and business coach for change workers and how to expand their businesses and change themselves so they can help and serve their clients at the highest level possible. And today I'm going to be talking about a topic that I consider myself an absolute expert in, and that is inadequacy. So I have been doing a lot of um, my own personal growth work the last two months using gene keys and human design. And it's fascinating work. Um, it's not easy. It's uh, a lot to wrap my brain around, but I've learned some really fundamental things about myself, a lot of patterns. And one of the big themes in my life that I noticed is inadequacy. So let me look up inadequacy because, you know, I like definitions. Um, so inadequacy shows up in people when we think that we lack the quality of something or the quantity required. There's insufficiency in maybe who we think we are, our capabilities, um, our uh, excessive, accessible... <laughs> it's early this morning, our access to things within ourselves that um, we doubt. So one of the things I'm learning is that um, I think that the, one of the big things I'm learning to do through all this work that I'm doing on myself is that there is, um, I can allow all these feelings of inadequacy to shape who I am going forward. I can embrace inadequacy because it is the driver behind resourcefulness. And I can stop looking at inadequacy, my doubt, my second guessing as fuel for learning more. So I give myself resources to pull upon in order to do the things that I want to do down the road in the future. And so it's really fascinating to me that I have been a lifelong learner. I've, I've always found a lot of joy in learning and expanding uh, what I know, but I've recognized too over, I don't know how many years that I use knowledge as a way to prepare as a way to hold off feelings of inadequacy. Like I, I need to know more. So I never experience inadequacy again. I need to know more for my clients and take all these classes and certifications in order to fully feel confident that I can help my clients when those things, those, those experiences and those learning opportunities are, don't really do that. It's my, you know, um, it's who we are that helps people. The knowledge that we gain over our lifetimes adds to what we and who we are. And I, that took me a long time to figure out because I was always feeling like I was behind everybody else. I was always like, well, they're seeing things that I don't know. And there must be something I can learn or something I can, um, in, incorporate into what I'm doing to, to, you know, be like them. And of course that's, you know, a 
really toxic form of compare and despair. It's like, you know, <laughs> we don't know what, what's going on in other people's minds or why they do things, but it's something about them that draws people to them. And then we question, you know, where are my clients when, you know, it's other people seem to have clients and I don't, what is the, what is the missing ingredient here? And we spend a lot of our time and a lot of our brain power trying to figure out what that is. And it's all based on this belief of in inadequacy. And frankly, inadequacy is one of the covers, one of the biggest, deepest fears I think all humans have is this fear of dying or non-existence. And meaning, you know, if I, when I die, um, I'm, I just cease to exist. And that's scary to think about as a living human, like what is all this for? if I'm just not going to exist, it's, it's like a powerful thing that it drives all humans to do some of the things that we do. And so it's this fear of like, if I, if I do enough, I am enough, I, I, um, I am enough, uh, then I, I do exist. It's almost like in a way exist, proving my existence. If I, if I am worthy. And so it's this really, circular thinking that, uh, gets us stopping what we want to do. Cause we're so bogged down, we're drowning in our own inadequacy and doubt. And then it just stops us in our tracks. It becomes this underlying unconscious belief pattern that really hinders us. And really it, it, it boils down to accepting that inadequacy is just part of that whole line of thought that, that non-existence, this fear of dying and, and just poof, we just never were here at all kind of thinking. And it, it pervades our thinking and how we talk about our business, talk about our clients, talk about ourselves, talk to our clients. And it's just one of those things. It's always going to be there. It, fear will never be eradicated because we're humans. That's how we're designed. We have been, we've evolved thousands and thousands of years, you know, based on fear. We are, you know, where we are as, uh, as humanity because of fear, <laughs> because that helps us survive. But our present brains and our collective evolution has not enabled us to uh, really put fear in its proper context when we're trying to uh, get more clients. So I look at it as the deep fear too that inadequacy covers is I don't know. And I don't know for a lot of people is just not a safe place to be. And it just, and when I think of, I don't know, or in you know, like five years ago, when I thought, I don't know the answer to that, it was almost devastating to me that I didn't know the answer because I was like, well, I got to prove that I know I've got to, I've got to find the answer. And, you know, like a good student in class as a, you know, wanting to be a teacher's pet almost, I wanted to know because it protected me from so many different things. You know, if I was, what I knew made me valuable, what I knew made me noticeable to other people. And what I knew was sort of a bargaining chip in some weird power struggle that I perceived in the world. And I didn't want to be powerless. So that's why I 
another reason why I think I like to learn lots of things. I mean, I will always learn. I, I always like knowing different things. I always like figuring things out. But now it's it's driven by a love and a desire to know more because that's my makes my brain super happy. It's not that it will all this new knowledge will make me into something or someone that magnetizes people toward me. Inevitably, it will. All this knowledge is going to seep into my being, into my pores, and people will be drawn to all that wisdom because that's the next step. Ultimately, you know, you have inadequacy, which fuels your, um, your resourcefulness, all this resourcefulness, this figuring it out, this learning enables us to be wise, enables us to have a, a certain weight of authority and expertise because by God, we earned that wisdom. We, we took ourselves from inadequacy to learning to augment the resources we already have and to trust in that knowledge and that expertise. And that's, that's what pe people are drawn to when it comes to us, this wisdom that we've cultivated over the course of our lives. And I don't care how old you are when I say that. And so inadequacy, one of the things I've been studying over uh, the holidays um, into January has been habits, what forms habits and seeing inadequacy, the thoughts and actions that one takes and has about a sense of inadequacy within us. It, it informs those micro decisions that we make when we think about making more money or that we're not making enough money or that we don't have the clients that we want, or we don't have the type of business that we want, the relationships we want, the family we want, all of these things. And so I'm always a big fan of decision-making. How can I enhance my awareness about the decisions I want to make? My, my level of awareness about myself and the direction I want to go with that one decision. It is not, <laughs> I was talking to a friend of mine who said, I don't know why you spend so much. She said, isn't it sort of tedious and maybe unnecessary to be so aware of your own, uh, own decisions? And I'm like, well, initially in the beginning, yeah, because you're questioning everything. That's where I'm coming from with this desire to make more informed and quote unquote better decisions for me. I, I've made some really crappy decisions and not well thought out decisions, decisions made from, um, fear, from doubt, from anxiety, from despair. I've made decisions from those places and I know where it's gotten me. So now it's like, I want to be deliberate about how I make decisions and build the skill of making decisions that I know and trust are for me that work for me, that I don't have to second guess. And so I slow down my own decision-making processes and those of my clients. So you get awareness of where a lot of our, well, your decision-making, where the, where, what is fueling some of the decisions and the behavior that you have. And I think that uh, those micro decisions, as I call them, are really, really important to be aware of. And maybe to perhaps in a few situations to study. And what I'm saying, we're going to go back and question every decision you've ever made. I've done that. It's terrible. <laughs> and it did serve a purpose, but it was like, 
why did I put myself through the agony of all that when I could just deal with my, the repercussions of all those decisions today, <laughs> rather than going back and digging up, digging them out of the ground and analyzing them. And yeah, I'm just very resistant to that idea. I don't have to go to the past to figure out why I made those decisions. I can look back today and like, oh, okay. Yeah. I made a decision from a set of patterns that were unconscious at that point. And now I have consciousness about those patterns and I could go forward. This is great. So I look at, um, when we, as practitioners, as change workers, uh, a lot of our education is required of us or continuing ed hours or just this deep desire to be, to know more and to incorporate those in, into our practices so we can help facilitate change in a multitude of different ways. Education and learning different things is a tool. We're adding to our toolbox. This also enhances our magnetism because we can just talk about all kinds of things to all kinds of different people. This is how I can help you. And it, it, it's when we take those classes, we're learning templates. We're giving pro, we're given protocols. We're given, um, this is an outline of things you need to do or perhaps, and, or perhaps say during your sessions with your clients, when you're helping them make a change that we, it's almost like going back to that idea of being a good student. I must follow the rules. I must conform. I must use these, um, these steps in this way, in this rigid dogmatic way. And yeah, there are protocols that are very simple four step or however many steps that we complicate because of the sense of inadequacy. And so when we, I don't know about you, but this is my experience and my observation of some other practitioners is that they learned something and they're so invested in learning it and, and incorporating it. And one, they bypass themselves when they think of the change work that they're, they're helping their clients do. And secondly, it becomes this uh, yardstick for them to compare themselves to others. Well, I need to do this right. And I need to do this the way that this teacher taught me in order for it to be exactly just so uh, to get the results that this teacher also got. And I think that's the beginner newbie, st <coughs> excuse me, the newbie stage of any new learning. You know, when we be became massage therapists or Reiki, uh, masters or, um, Ooh, dry throat. Or when we became acupuncturists or energy workers, you know, in the beginning, there's always a huge learning curve and we're, we're trying to, our, I, I, our identity is shifting along with all that information. It is informing and, sh and, um, future versions of us who are using these techniques with our clients. And so obviously our, our identity, um, as we know ourselves and as our clients know us will shift with all this newfound information. And, and I think a lot of, you know, this, I, I went to a massage therapy school a long time ago and, um, we were taught a sequence for 
uh, I forget how it was broken down. It was uh, for relaxation massage. It was just a basic sequence with basic Swedish massage techniques. It would take, um, I forget how long the time was, but you incorporated it into like, hopefully to have a 60 minute session. And so I took that template and in a way I was afraid to deviate from that template, that sequence, because I was like, Ooh, I got, you know, if I deviate, then it's going to be wrong. And no, because I think each of us who learned something, we learned the basics and then the rest of what we take away and use is, is up to our own discretion and our own desire. There's some techniques I will, I, I haven't used in years because well, one, I forget what they are. And two, I just didn't like them. So I don't, use them. And so I think it's when I think about templates and we get into habits, that's the purpose of learning a sequence or a template, a process protocol is that we want to build this new habit or this new, um, learning into what we do. And so we get, we go through, it becomes muscle memory. It becomes brain memory when we're like, oh, these are the steps and I can fall back on them because I've done them so many times. I don't even really in a way have to think about them. They just have become natural. So it's this whole process. We start out as, as a newbie practitioner, and then we incorporate these processes into our sessions. And we're in, increasing our resourcefulness. We've learned something new. And then it coalesces into this wisdom that only we have. It culminates into this, um, into this practitioner, magician, wizard that helps people in the only way that we can. And I think that's kind of exciting. It's, we don't, we're not cookie cutter practitioners now. You know, we weren't, we aren't newly minted practitioners with this same baseline. Now we've diverged into, in all kinds of directions, um, that has made us a magician of sorts, a sorcerer, sorceress that helps initiate change in all kinds of ways in our clients. And just to go back to what I said, however long ago, that one of the things that when we were learning and wanting to learn and we're being driven to learn out of a sense of inadequacy or doubt uh, of our capacity and our capabilities is that in that change quotient, we're help, we're facilitating change in our clients, but we're also facilitating change in us. And we, I think, lose sight of that process when we learn something new, like I said, I put it in a different way earlier. It's like, we're changing our identity. We're changing who we are. We're changing our energetic frequency when we use uh, resources to become more resourceful and, and slide right into this wisdom, this wise person. And so it's, you see that process right there, that sense of inadequacy may never go away. Even though we are wise, we have wisdom, we have vast resources. Inadequacy probably won't go away because there's always something else to be feel inadequate about. 
uh, the, the gift that keeps giving in a way. But because you've already proven resourcefulness, you've already proven that you can learn and incorporate and help your clients. It's you are uh, transcending different levels of um, professionalism, of expertise and experience and heightening your consciousness as this change worker. You're like, you know, we know how we felt when we were new at something, when we first learned what we help people with. And, and so all of a sudden, two, three, four years, 10 years later, 20 years later, we have a whole, it, it's just our perception of us has changed. And so doing a lot of this change work changes us. And I want to help people, the change workers who are stuck because maybe in, in you, you're not changing or you're changing in ways you cannot quite wrap your brain around. Like, well, all this happened. I've, I've got all this wisdom, but I don't know jack shit about myself or I'm not aware. I still suffer. I still am anxious. I still, I have a lot of doubt. I have a lot of questions and that's where a coach would come in. It's like, well, is that really true? That you haven't, that you haven't, uh, you haven't moved past your former, your definitions of inadequacy, doubt, second guessing, and all that good stuff. Is it true that you are inadequate or you don't know what you're doing? Is that true? So that's where a coach comes in. It really um, helps you make those changes within yourself that will, you know, cause your clients are changing. You are changing. None of us is static. None of us is stagnant. We, we always evolve. And that is absolute fact as, as humans, well, all beings evolve. And so which direction do you want to evolve to is the question. And is a question for your client. What do you want to change today? What direction do you want to go into? So I think, um, going back to this habit of, of inadequacy, I'm learning different tools about how to change your habits. One of the things I've learned in a general way about changing habits is that, um, our brain, our neural pathways, the neuroplasticity, this wonderful term, um, our brains are not fixed and static. Our brains are very um, dynamic things that can be changed, that can, quote unquote, be reprogrammed. And I like this. This is great because this is what I've always wanted to do with my brain um, is to make it a much sharper and honed tool. For me, it, it's going to help me get where I want to go rather than be this I used to consider my brain a burden for a long time, an emotionally squishy burden. And so when I think about um, habits, when it comes to inadequacy, what we want to do and can do, learn to do is create interruptions in those habitual inadequate thoughts. We want to create a roadblock so that our brain goes in a different direction. 
And sometimes that can be enough to break the neural pathway of these thoughts. And I, I find that super exciting. Um, there's a lot of science behind some of the techniques that I've learned and there's, they're, they're very simple steps, but they do work. And I'm not sure what I'm going to do with that on a broader level, but as I've been working with some of my clients with some of these techniques and I love it, love it because these are steps that you learn or processes that you learn that you can use at any time. And, but the big thing here is for you to interrupt some habits in your client through whatever means that you, through your practice, you want to create an interrupt for their body to give the body and the brain a different option in how to feel or to how, in how they move that initiates change on a very simple level that they may not even be aware of. And not, it, I don't know how much you, you access people's brains in whatever it is that you do as a change worker, whether you deal directly with people's brains or indirectly through their body that, uh, interrupting some patterns is a key thing for us to do. Even if it's just one statement or one awareness from education, like, Oh, by the way, did you notice this? And that's like shifts their own perspective, their own awareness, their own consciousness of their own body. So there's nothing, there's no step too small here as change workers. Um, and I think one of the things we want to do with those interrupts and suggestions in a way that we give our clients, whether through physical means like the actual uh, muscle manipulation or mind access, uh, you're working on somebody's mind, is that we have a lot of power over our brain in order to change a habit in, in order to give ourselves the option of something else we want instead. And I think we do that sort of unconsciously. We, we understand how powerful the body is, but we don't put it in terms to our clients that they have a lot more power than they think. And people will, I may mean, have said this to numerous massage clients anyway. It's like they, they totally poo poo the idea. Oh, I'm not, you know, complete dismissal. I'm like, no, here's some, here's some proof or, you know, de depending on how long you've known your clients, you know, look back at your time with them and say, these things have changed. You've grown, whether you realized it or want to acknowledge it. And that can be helpful for our clients to hear because we see them frequently, not every day. And our input into their lives is, is, is going to be taken in a different way than someone who, for instance, who knows them intimately, like a partner or a family member or a, a close friend. So it, we do have that power to interrupt some of our clients' habits. And we, you know, bring that skill, whether, you know, I want you to be conscious of that now. 
I want you to look at your your own sense of inadequacy and say, uh, yeah, I can feel inadequate, but it's not. I I have further proof that I do help my clients change. I'm helping myself change, maybe indirectly. And so, what I want you to take away from this is that it's inadequacy is going to show up, especially if you're not you're operating from like more unconscious patterns. But it's inadequacy is one of those things we 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 accept. We're going to have to accept because it's there. But we can fortify ourselves with resources that is going to be like counter to that sense of inadequacy because the more resources we have, the probably more adequate we're going to feel. And so we, that's going to show up in our business. Like I said, there's an energetic frequency to this, all this awareness. It raises our frequency when we have all this awareness, whether we do anything with that shift or not. That's the beautiful thing about a lot of work that we do on ourselves, personal growth work, self-help, whatever it is, is that it shifts us in subtle ways that maybe we're not even picking up on. So got to wrap this up. Um, Inadequacy. Where does that show up for you? And what does it look like? Just going to leave you with those questions. Um, and if you have any comments or questions about this or anything else that I've talked about, please let me know. It's been delightful to share this with you. I hope it helps, um, and expands acceptance and allowance for inadequacy within you. I will see you soon. Take care of yourself.